Welcome to Disciple Her, a part of the Replicate Podcast Network, where we will hear from discipleship trailblazers, Candy Gallaty and Julie Woodruff. With over 50 years of combined experience in discipling women, we'll discuss how we can equip leaders through discipleship. Here are your hosts, Candy and Julie. Well, hello and welcome back to Disciple Her Podcast, Episode 2. I'm Julie and I'm here with Candy, the author of Disciple Her. Candy, how are you today? I am good, Jules. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. I'm doing great. I'm excited to jump into this topic about what is discipleship. Mm -hmm. When we think about discipleship, it begins with the word disciple and what is a disciple. A disciple is a learner. Mm -hmm. And so as we think about discipleship, what what is that? Is there a definition for it? Is there is it a process? Talk to us a little bit about that, Candy. Yeah, there's there's so much to say on this topic. I will say a disciple at the heart of being a disciple is a lifelong learner, like you said. So this is not something that we just to choose to do for a certain point in time of our Christian journey. It's truly when God called us into a relationship with himself it was a call to be a disciple. Yeah. And so at the heart of it, it is someone who learns for the rest of their life and follows after Christ. So it's that whole process of growing in your relationship with him and that sanctification process that happens over the course of a believer's life. So that's what a disciple is. It's, it's not very complicated. I yeah. think we try to complicate it more than it should be, but it is someone who is following after Jesus Christ with that mentality of being a lifelong learner, okay? Now, when you look at discipleship, that word is tossed around and thrown out a lot today about what it is and what it is not. And so we spent a very long time crafting a definition of what we believe true biblical discipleship is. And so for us all to be on the same page, I'll need to tell you what that definition is and then maybe kind of pick apart Um, the terms that are in it because each term is very important. Absolutely. So discipleship, true biblical discipleship is intentionally equipping believers with the word of God through accountable relationships empowered by the Holy spirit in order to replicate faithful followers of Christ. It's a great definition. So there's a lot in that. Yes. Okay. First it's intentional. Yeah. Does discipleship happen in a happenstance sort of way? Occasionally, yes. I mean, things are going to happen. Yes, life happens. There's going to be people that come alongside your life, you know, for bits and pieces of time. And so it just kind of happens naturally. But 90% of the time, it is very intentional. Intentional in your own personal and private walk with the Lord. And there's intentionality when it comes to journeying with a discipleship group. Yes. So very intentional. Jules, you got thoughts on that? No, I I love the word intentional because I think it's so easy to make it into something that it's not. And and you have to be intentional just to do it, just to make the time to do it. uh, Right. A, but then to to get a group together and to, to spend time together you have to it, you have to be intentional about it. Right. And I, and I was even even this morning, I was taking the boys to school and, you know, we have about 15 or 20 minutes in the car that we get to talk and I get to pray over them before they get out. And, you know, 
in the Gallaty household, there's always lively conversation, right? Yes. And I have two I boys. Hear, I hear that. Yeah. And um, right now they're all into, you know, girlfriends. Oh, okay. My and goodness. one. Now they're how old? Oh, my gosh. Well, right now, currently, they are 11 and 9. Yeah. Okay. And unfortunately, they probably get this from me <laughs> because I was a little boy crazy okay. in elementary school. Okay. You know, Robbie. I think he could have just cared less as he was growing up. Never really had someone that he would have said was his girlfriend, you know. Well, not my boys. That's all they talk about. And one could care less. And one is like obsessed with this. Okay. And the one who could care less is the one who has little girls that like him. (laughs) And the one who is obsessed has no girls that like him. I hate it when that happens. And so we're talking about it in the car this morning. And, you know, I said, Rig. Let, let's just turn this into prayer, like quit thinking about this and overanalyzing it. And I want you to just turn it into prayer. Every time you want to think about a girlfriend that you do or do not have, you just need to pray for your future wife, you know, just turn it into a prayer. And so I'm telling him that, which I don't know how much that helps him, you know, but I'm thinking about our kids and how every day we have to be intentional with them. Like we can't just be hands off and say, grow up, Mm -hmm. you know, just Mm -hmm. live and learn, pal. I would not be being a good mother to him. So there is a lot of intentionality that comes along with parenting and taking advantages of opportunities that we get. And then also setting, um, setting boundaries, setting parameters, setting guidelines and guardrails that's going to help them as they grow. It's an intentional lifelong investment. It's not Mm -hmm. something we can just throw our hands up in the air and just hope it's going to happen. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And and the other side of that for me is I'm not nearly as disciplined as you. And so the intentional part is knowing that I am accountable to a group of people. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a very important part of discipleship for me. I think that's another key element of it is just having that accountability and that intentionality in it. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So, yeah. So it's intentionally equipping believers. Um, Now, sometimes we'll say, well, is discipleship not for someone who is lost or unsaved or far from God? And I would say there is a form of investment and evangelism and building relationships. But if you are trying to disciple a non-believer, you're going to have a very hard time because they're not equipped with the Holy Spirit and they are not going to see things spiritually. They're not viewing life through a spiritual lens. Do you still develop a relationship? Absolutely. Do you still take them to lunch? Do you still talk about the things of the Lord? Do you still share the gospel? A hundred percent, right? But until they can clearly see spiritually and through the lens of the Holy Spirit, they're not going to be able to be discipled in a way that you're going to see is extremely fruitful and effective. So it's intentionally equipping believers. And I cannot state this enough with the word of God. That is true biblical discipleship. It is completely 100% centered on Jesus's word, the Holy Bible, the sacred scriptures. That is the entire reason we come alongside others and invest in them is we want them to know the word of the Lord. Yeah. You get right? a little excited about that. I am. Game. I get, I do. I get yes. excited. It's like, yes. I want to just like hammer that down. If there's anything I could, you know, help people to understand is to say, if it's not centered on Jesus Christ's right. word, God's yeah. word, it's not biblical discipleship. Right. It can be a lot of things and it can be a lot of great things. But if you're calling it discipleship, 
it better be centered on the word of the Lord. Yeah. Is that yeah. too strong? I don't think so. Okay. I agree. I think I agree totally. Okay. Because it's the word of God that is living and, and active. Sharper, and sharper than any two edged sword. sword. Yes. yes. Go it's ahead. always going to accomplish its purpose. That's right. Right. And I tell the girls all the time, it's when it says living and active, that doesn't mean stale and stagnant. That's right. That's <laughs> that right. is living and breathing and it is doing something. That's right. And if we don't know it, what is it doing in our life? Yeah. Right. And the other part of that is it never returns void. void. Yes. Bam. Bam. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. There you go. Glad you knew that. I didn't, but I'm glad you knew. That's one of my favorites. That's that's one of the first ones I memorized years and years ago. I didn't ago. know where it was found. I yeah. just knew it was in there. Man, it's, it's like it's like I don't even know if I can quote it now. But as the rain and snow come down from yes. heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that comes forth from my mouth. That's it. it shall not return to me void, and shall accomplish all that I. No, and it shall accomplish the purpose and all that I sent it for. Something like that. Perfect. Close. Um, Lord, that was so good yes. because I haven't said that. In there so long, but, but um, that I did. Yeah. Degree, yeah. Didn't yeah. Years ago, yeah. years and years ago. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so back on track. It has to be centered on the word. And that is my heart's passion. It's like, I want to get into the word until the word gets into me. I want to get other people into the word until the word gets into them. I want them to know the word backward and forward. Yeah. I want them to view the world through the word, you know, like yes. it's just that important. Yeah. And so um, that's just a huge part of that discipleship is, is, is equipping believers with the word of God um, through accountable relationships. The accountability is what makes a group so effective. Yeah. OK. And so having somebody that is walking alongside life with you in a small group, three to four women, maybe five or six women, and you're holding one another accountable. Yeah. For certain disciplines and for sin that's in your life and and your spiritual journey is huge, you know, and you're doing this all through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the whole entire point is so that they will one day replicate and make faithful followers of Christ and not we don't just keep it for ourselves. We pass it on. We leave that legacy with others so that they'll turn around, leave it with others and turn around and leave it with others. And that process just continues and continues. Yeah, that is so good. We're going to take a break for just a minute, and we'll be back soon to talk about what discipleship is not. As you lead your disciple-making movement, the Replicate Network provides ongoing practical training and a community of like-minded church leaders to help you and your church thrive. Each month, you'll get frameworks, a Q&A time with Robbie Gallaty, and access to our online forums and groups. We will provide you with prayer and personal support, practical resources, discounts, and benefits as you seek to make disciples who make disciple makers. Check out the Replicate Network today at replicatenetwork.com. All right, we're back, Candy. We talked a lot about what discipleship is. Mm-hmm. Anything else you have to add there? Not right offhand, but we'll see. All right. Let's talk about what discipleship is not. Yes. I think, let me say this about discipleship. Okay. What it truly is, is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is one of my favorite ways to describe the discipleship process and even just being a disciple is that it's a lifestyle. So it is a way of life and it is not something that we turn on or off at a certain point in time in our life. Okay. So it's not a program that we attend Mm -hmm. like at the church or that's church related or any other program for that nature. Could that be a part of it? Yes. It's not a book club that we go to where we read Christian books 
Is it partly that? Yes, but it's not all that, right? It's not a particular Bible study. Could that be part of it? Absolutely. All of these things can be part of the discipleship process, Mm -hmm. but they are not in their totality what it means to have true biblical discipleship. Okay, so we don't turn it on once a week when we meet with the group and turn it off. Yeah, that is not what we're talking about. I am talking about living as a disciple of Jesus Christ, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, personally, and then coming alongside others that are like minded that you're doing that with together in discipleship where you meet and you have friends and they're you're transparent with one another and you're accountable to one another and you're truly living life all day, every day. Yeah. You know, it's not just something that happens on a Wednesday night when you meet with the group or a Tuesday morning for coffee when you meet with your group. It's that and it's so much more. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think so often we try to define discipleship as mentorship. And I think that there's a difference there. What would you say is the difference? Yeah, I would say when you're mentoring someone, that can come with a lot of maybe hands-on, very life-on-life type skills. So it could be cooking, Mm -hmm. baking, advice. I mean, it can be many things. But if it's not incorporating the word of God and equipping somebody with the word of God and the spiritual disciplines that they need to sustain a healthy spiritual journey, then mentoring is not discipleship. Yeah. They would be separate. Yeah. Now I think, is it possible to, to have a mentor that is also discipling you a hundred percent? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, when, what would you say? Would you, would, would there be anything I didn't mention that you would say distinguishes the two? No, I think you distinguished it pretty well. I, I do think, um, Mentorship. So would you say mentoring um, is the same as discipleship or different? I I do think it's different. I I think scripture tells us we need older women to disciple younger women. Titus, right. Uh, Titus Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. But you're always older than someone. Correct. You know what I'm saying? And so you don't have to have all the biblical knowledge in the world. I think sometimes that that hinders people, hinders people mm-hmm. from doing it. And so I, yeah. I think maybe when we go into a discipleship relationship, or, or we may be fearful to do that because right. we're afraid we don't have all the answers. Right. And so it turns into more of a mentorship. mentorship. Yeah, so, I think that's a great point. Because if we are hesitant and maybe a little fearful and then because we think we don't have all the answers we don't include the word and then it becomes something else entirely yeah right yeah yeah going back to the word intentional we used in the very first part of it you know if you're not concentrating on those spiritual disciplines and that that is a part of every time you meet you're Mm -hmm. holding one another accountable correct um then then you just go all over the board and it becomes something i think that you didn't intend for it 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 waters it down maybe a little bit from discipleship and into mentoring and i would say let's just let's camp out a little bit on the word and why that's so important. I mean, I know I've talked about it already, but um, it's a favorite of mine. So we'll talk about it again, but let me just encourage the listeners because some may be listening and saying, you know what? I don't even have a regular time in the word myself. Like, how am I going to invest that into someone else? I would say if you're listening out there, 
you being able to feed yourself when it comes to the word of the Lord is extremely important. Yeah. You, you want to listen to pastors and preachers and teachers and scholars and, 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 and anybody that the Lord has, you know, gifted in those ways. You in there in your life, you want to listen and you want to hear and heed what they say. But you also need to be equipped to feed yourself in the word and 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 doing that at home in private way before you try to do it in public. Right. You know, like I really believe with all of my heart discipleship is an overflow of what is taking place in the life of a disciple. So I am not going to have anything to pour into someone else if I'm not receiving it from the Lord himself right? in private when nobody's watching, when I'm just at home, four walls of my home. So if you're someone and you're out there and you're like, man, I want to start that. I want to have a quiet time. I want to have, um, be able to feed myself with the word. What I would suggest to you is search for a Bible reading plan. Just start looking, you know, go to um, different you version and there are all kinds of plans that are out there. Google Bible reading plans mm-hmm. and find a plan that you want to begin and start reading it personally, privately. I would encourage you to make notes, underline, write down questions, journal maybe a little bit as you begin and start doing this on your own mm-hmm. first. First and foremost, you need to be doing that on your own. And then as you begin to do that more and more, you're honestly not going to be able to help but want to pour into others because it's the overflow of right. what is taking place in your private life. You will be so excited about that, you're going to want to share that with somebody. That's right. And that's what makes discipleship perfect because you get three to four ladies to do this with you and you're talking about sky's the limit. There you go. That's exactly right. And there's so much out there. One of the things that you said I think is so important is that as we're feeding ourselves and we learn what Scripture says through the disciplines of memorizing, and the, we're able to see the counterfeit that is out there. Our world, there are a lot of, a lot of voices coming Absolutely. at us. Absolutely. And I think um, when <clears throat> sometimes we might not even know that it's truth or not. You know, when yes. we listen to a lot of other speakers, so, so we've got to know. Listen, mm, you're, you're, yep. Okay. <laughs> Tell us, Julie. <laughs> go, go I'm ahead. just, I'm just thinking about when I was doing my quiet time, it was either yesterday or the day before. And I had this whole section on, I think it was, was it the very last chapter of Hebrews? I didn't bring my journal with me, but talking about the false teachers mm-hmm. and like true teachers and like, sound doctrine and or speculation like anyway i just remember making this list of all these attributes that i saw in the text of what a false teacher is and what is the true teaching and you know i was talking to a, a friend of mine just yesterday um she had texted she had had this bizarre conversation with somebody at um a dojo like where her boys do sports and stuff and um she was talking to this person who on the surface you know seemed like a genuine believer and you know just kind of going off and telling her about this I'm not exactly sure if it was a job or a minister or whatever and and you know there was something about it that just kind of caught her off guard a tiny bit and she was entertaining it but then at the same time thinking is this legit or not you know she's a very strong believer herself and so I think the spirit was telling her "Eh, might not be yeah not might, might not be like 
completely sound doctrine here. But she was texting some of us and we were talking about it. And she was like, in your experiences or that. And so talking through that and processing that and reminding ourselves of some things that the Lord says, we began to realize most likely this almost sounded a little cultish Mm. versus biblically sound doctrine yeah. and something that you would want to like entertain but but this gal's in your d group she Y'all was been in the word yeah. she's been in the word yes. she knows how to be in the word yes and so therefore she had recognized, a check yeah yeah in, in, her, spirit. in her spirit yeah yeah, yeah. and so there, i mean that's just one of many things that happened sure. in the course of discipleship groups and in those relationships that um the lord will work in yeah. you know what i mean and work in their lives um, what else? Do we have anything else to say on um, what discipleship is not? I'm sure there are more, but we need to, we have to, oh, this is a good one. Okay, go. Just thought about it. Um, discipleship is not attending worship ah, only, yes, right? Yes. So a lot of people think because I go to church um, and a lot of people, I'll be honest with you, don't even go to church regularly anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so if they are going to church that is fantastic you should be doing that but being a disciple and being involved in discipleship is not just attending worship that's right does that make sense yeah and you if you're in a discipling relationship those participants and disciples should really be engaged in corporate worship and not replace corporate worship with discipleship that's right you know what i'm saying it goes both ways so anyway, um, anyway, that was just something kind of hit me at the last minute. But all of those would be what discipleship is and kind of what it's not. Yeah. yeah and in the days ahead, we're going to be talking about you, you mentioned journaling and those things. And mm-hmm. so we're going to be talking about in future episodes how to do all of that. So I'm excited about delving into the topic of discipleship a little bit more. So thank you all for joining us today. We look forward to next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Take a second to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive free resources to help you make disciples in your group, home, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.